This is Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. We have a five-game sample size of five tight games. What we've seen from the Raiders, what we've seen from the Denver Broncos, because remember the NFC West used to be the division and now it was like the AFC West. I mean, are these teams really as good as we thought? Live from the Underground Lounge at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, this is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation. Week six is almost officially in the books. Of course, Monday Night Football will close things out, and then we'll be on to week seven. And the Raiders being back in action at Allegiant Stadium Sunday afternoon as they host the Houston Texans in a game that's very winnable, but it's an NFL game, so you know how things go on. And uh, we will be talking a lot about that coming up throughout the show today and also this week leading up to the game on Sunday. But we are here at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, the Underground Lounge. It is our Monday night football spot. And, of course, the game that will be on tonight will be an AFC West showdown, the Denver Broncos and the L.A. Chargers. Don't know really – I don't really care who wins the game, honestly. I'm sure that there's some mathematical makes sense for this certain team or that certain team to win or this certain team or that certain team to lose. I'm sure you can, you know, shine it up and figure out who you want to win because of that. But it's an AFC West game, so I know one of the teams is going to lose. So that's really all that matters to me. Preferably, I think I'd rather the Broncos win just to make the Chargers move to 3-3 three and three and have the Broncos sitting at 3-3. Three and three. But... At the end of the day, like I mentioned, somebody in the AFC West is going to lose tonight uh, on Monday Night Football. Again, we're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Have a lot of prizes that has just been delivered to us. Got a lot of tickets here. We've got some uh, Hazy IPA, the uh, Hop Vegas. It's the official uh, craft beer of the Las Vegas Raiders. It is here for you. We've been giving out these... uh, these packs of them, I think it's six packs of them. We've been giving them out each and every week. We also have koozies, Radio Nation Radio 920, cups. We have all kind of stuff. And we have Hooters 2023 calendars. So if you need to get your calendar on already uh, and get prepared for the next year, I'm not saying you're going to get it just to look at the pictures, but you might get it just to look at the pictures. And you could do that as well. We have the calendars here for you in the Underground Lounge. So come on by, hang out with us. Again, got a lot to get to on today's show. There's a lot of football action going on over the weekend, college and pro football football and got a shout out to my man Demond. I know he's fired up about Tennessee knocking off Alabama. Uh, that was pretty cool on Saturday to see that even though you know I was screaming roll tide the whole time but uh, hell of a game. Shout out to Tennessee for knocking uh, knocking off Alabama but man the NFL had some pretty big games and pretty uh, great out uh, outcomes as well including everything that you saw from the New York teams both of them the football Giants and the Jets both winners of, uh, of their games on Sunday and the, so the Giants moved to five and one the Jets are four and two it's like man are you serious well, what world are we living in and both New York teams are above 500 and playing as well as they are so uh, we'll get to we'll get to all that in uh, in just a little bit want to get to the guests that we have coming up on the show today uh, got a lot of guests coming up very excited to talk to these guys at 2:30. Bryce Butler former Raider wide receiver will join the show and just talk about from a player's point of view what it's like coming out of the bye week you know and 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 look they got the bye week after the fifth game of the season and of course it was a loss to Kansas City so going into the bye you really don't want to go into the bye with a loss and you know feeling the way that they do in a game that they thought was very winnable but now they got 12 games guaranteed 12 games in a row that they're guaranteed uh, that they got to play and then if they earn anything else after that it's all gravy right whatever they earn after that is on them but just kind of want to get a player's point of view of how it feels coming out of the bye week how does it feel when you're on a team that's really bad and I say this because I don't believe that the Raiders are really bad. Their record is really bad, but I don't believe they're really bad. But if you're a player, you know, hey, this team stinks, right? And Bryce has been on some teams that stunk. 
I mean, you go back and look. He was on, you know, Dennis Allen's team back in the day, and we all know how, how good Dennis Allen was not as a head coach uh, with the Raiders. But then he ended up in Dallas on a team that was really bad, but then the very next year ended up on a team that was really good, a team that went 13-3 and and uh, made a run in the playoffs. So, uh, you know, just get his point of view of, okay, how do you know as a player in that locker room the difference between, hey, this is our record, but we are not that team. We're actually a good team. We just haven't finished. And again, going back to what Bill Parcells says, and I agree with it 100%, you are what your record says you are, which right now the Raiders record says they're 1-4. But the talent says otherwise on the team. They just got to get it together. So I'm uh, going to talk to Bryce Butler coming up at 2.30 about that. At 3.30, our good friend Tashawn Reed from The Athletic, he's going to join the show. Uh, he's had a couple really good pieces he's put out on The Athletic that I thought were outstanding, including one he did about Mac Hollins. Mac Hollins is a guy that I think we've all got um, you know, used to, to knowing or, or, or seeing who he is and, and just kind of uh, learning a lot about Mac Hollins ever since he's been a member of the Silver and Black. And so uh, Tashawn did a really in-depth piece from the time that he was in high school, uh, the decision he had to make when he was 18, that his dad told him that you have to make this decision or not. You know, either you're going to go to college or uh, you're going to go to the military, and he chose to go to college. Uh, walking on at North Carolina, he was a defensive back. How many people knew that, that Mac Hollins was a defensive back, right? That's what he was at first and ended up uh, converting over to the wide receiver side of things and, and, of course, being a special teams ace. But really good piece that Deshaun put out about Mac Hollins. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk to Deshaun about that piece at 3.30. Plus, we'll talk to him about the second half. And I say it's the second half, but as mentioned, it's 12 games that the Raiders are guaranteed. We'll talk to him about those games and what he thinks that the Silver and Black need to do to start finishing games to start winning some games and get back into the thick of things when it comes to the AFC West. And, I mean, really, look at it. You saw the Chiefs lose to the Bills, right? And, I mean, the Chiefs, we all, I think we all know that the Raiders, no doubt about it, could have won that game on Monday night uh, against Kansas City. I think that Kansas City is a good team. I don't think that they're outstanding. I don't think that they're – I think the Bills are much better than them. And the Bills didn't play so great where I thought, man, the Raiders can't compete with them. I've said it many times on this show that I think the Raiders could compete with any team in the league. Now, it's up to them if they go win the game. But with the Kansas City Chiefs losing, somebody's going to lose tonight, and the Raiders sitting there at 1-4. Could you imagine if the Raiders had won that game on Monday Night Football against Kansas City and would be sitting there at 2-3? and three? I mean, the AFC West would be so tight right now. I mean, every single team would be right on top of each other if the Raiders were able to pull that game off on Monday nights. And I know ifs and buts and all that good stuff, you know, you can't, you can't if and but your way through the season. But the point is, the division is not out of, out of control yet. It's not all of a sudden the Raiders looking up and saying, what the hell happened to the division? What the hell happened to the season? And that's how I thought it was going to be. Honestly, when the season started, if you had told me the Raiders were going to go into their bye at 1-4, and four, I would have told you that's a wrap. Season's over. The division's going to take off and leave them behind. And fortunately for the Raiders, the, the season hasn't done that. The division hasn't done that. Denver is not a very good team, and they have a couple wins. They're, but they're, I mean, I can tell you right now, they are not a very good team. They are awful, and they're now under, what, fourth primetime game? Fourth? We have to suffer through a four, another primetime game for the Denver Broncos, as bad as they are? So, uh, yeah, that's, that, that's going to be interesting. That'll be our Monday night football game that we see tonight, Chargers and the Broncos. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, the AFC West is still up for grabs. I obviously believe the Chiefs will end up winning it. But that wild card spot, man, any team in that division, in my opinion, could get that. So Tashawn Reed, we'll talk to him about the Raiders and, and Mac, and Mac uh, Hollins coming up at 3.30. At 4 o'clock, Paul Leffler, he's the voice of Fresno State Bulldogs. Uh, he was in on, on hand at Bulldog Stadium on Saturday evening when Devontae Adams had his jersey retired, a game that I thought about going to. 
I really did. I, I thought that, hey, you know what, maybe I should make the trip up to Fresno since it's the bye week. Maybe I'll check out uh, Devontae Adams getting his jersey retired, have a little media session there, get some audio from Devontae. And then, of course, everything shook out Monday night at Kansas City, and we all know that there's charges now against Devontae, as silly as that is. And so my gut feeling told me, there wasn't going to be any media availability, and I was still—I wasn't even 100% sure that Devontae was going to be there. Well, in fact, he was there on Saturday night at Bulldog Stadium. He was there to have his jersey retired. His family was there. Derek Carr was also there in attendance. And so we'll talk to Paul Leffler, who got a few minutes with Devontae Adams at midfield when his jersey was retired. We'll talk to him about that experience, what it meant for Fresno State football, uh, you know, who Devontae and Derek Carr, how they represent the, the, uh, you know, the, the school, Fresno State, and, and all that good stuff. We'll talk to him about everything Devontae Adams at 4 o'clock. And it's, it's crazy. When I was kind of following along on Twitter what was going on, I forget. I think it was my good friend Anthony Galavides from the Fresno Bee who we have on the show uh, quite a bit. He said that Devontae Adams is not going to make his media session for the game. I think that was scheduled at 545, but he said he wasn't going to make it because uh, they were having mechanical issues in Henderson. So when I saw that, I thought, yeah, good decision that I didn't make that trip to Fresno to, to go to that game because really the reason I would have gone there, of course I would have watched the game, but the reason I was going to be there was for Devontae Adams, as I heard many people were. And we'll ask Paul this at four, but I heard, and this is from Anthony, he said that there was Raider fans that had never been to a Fresno State game. There was Packer fans that had never been to a Fresno State game. Everybody was there for Devontae Adams. And as soon as it was over at halftime, Half the stadium cleared out. I mean, it was like a done deal. So uh, we'll talk to Paul about the whole experience Saturday night with Devontae Adams and his jersey getting retired. Then at 4.30, our good friend Sheena Quick. She's the Panthers beat writer for 1340 AM Fox Sports in Carolina. She's going to join the show again. And it's funny, we had her on right before the season started talking about the Carolina Panthers, and I told her I was a Matt Rule guy. Well, since then, Matt Rule's been fired. Robbie Anderson's been traded to the Cardinals. He's gotten into a, a little bit of a dust-up on the sidelines with the wide receiver coach. And it's so funny, when I reached out to her today, I was like, hey, want to talk to you about Robbie Anderson, see if he gets moved. Want to find out who else is possibly going to get moved from the Carolina Panthers if they have a potential fire sale. And she replied, yeah, no problem, cool. Man, we set the time, and about 10 minutes later, all of a sudden, Robbie Anderson was on his way to Arizona. So it happened quick, fast, and in a hurry. Uh, that's just one, one casualty of, uh, of Carolina and all the issues that they have going on there. But, you know, for me, a guy like Brian Burns, and we talked about this last week when I said, hey, there's certain teams in the league that stink. And Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels and Champ Kelly should be looking around saying, hey, what about this player? What about this guy? Look at this roster. Carolina's one of them, man. And I think they have a lot of talent on their team. I believe they have enough talent that any team that needs a little bit of an upgrade should look and say, hey, what about this guy? And Brian Burns is the guy for me. I don't know if Carolina plans on moving him at all. I have no plan. I have no idea. And that's why Sheena's going to be on the show. But, man, if the Raiders could find a way to get Brian Burns out of Carolina, psh, Sign me up every day of the week and twice on Sunday, right? I mean, that dude, he would be a hell of a bookend to go across from Max Crosby. Uh, we all know that Chandler Jones has not fit the bill yet. I'm not trying to be disrespectful and sound like say he's not going to get it done. Maybe he's a guy that's better fit in a Von Miller-type role, right? I mean, Buffalo has Von Miller, and they, they have him playing about 30 snaps a game. Now, they had him playing a little bit more yesterday because they were playing Kansas City, but for the most part, they have him playing about 30 snaps a game. Maybe Chandler Jones is better fit for a Von Miller role. Just saying, because right now he's not being able to get it done consistently throughout the course of the game, which unfortunately for the Raiders, that's been part of their problem anyway, is getting it done consistently for a full 
game. So that's the guest lineup that we have for you. Bryce Butler coming up at 2.30, Tashawn Reed at 3.30, Paul Leffler, voice of Fresno State at 4, and Sheena, Qu Sheena Quick, Panthers beat writer from 13.40 a.m. Fox Sports in Carolina coming up at 4.30. Those are the guests that we got. Now it's time to jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. My man Mike hit me up on Twitter. We get beat by Houston. You're going to drop this is a really good team narrative. And thank you for the tweet, Mike. I do appreciate you. Look, it's just my opinion. <laughs> it's just my opinion. No, I, I say it all the time. This is not the direction I was going to go with the opening drive, but I just got the tweet, so I thought I'd address it now. Nobody ever has to agree with me. Mike, you don't have to agree with me. Nobody has to agree with me. I'm just telling you what I feel. I feel like the team is a really good team. I know you are what your record is. I'll be the first person to tell you that. I get it. But I think we'd all be foolish if we said that this team doesn't have talent. This team clearly has more talent than they did last year. There's no doubt. But a lot of the things that they did last year, they're not doing this year, including winning the close games. So I, if, you, if it makes everyone feel better, I'll never say again, the team is really good. I'll just keep it to myself. Fortunately, my job is to speak out loud. So, I mean, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know what you want me to do. I give my opinion, that's my job, and then you don't want me to. You want me to drop it, so fine. The team is the team. The Raiders are the Raiders. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. I think they have a lot of talent. Is that better? We'll say they have a lot of talent. I get it. Look at the team. Let me ask you this, Mike, in response. If the team wasn't ran by Dave Ziegler, who comes from New England, if it wasn't ran by head coach Josh McDaniels, who comes from New England, if it wasn't ran by Mick Lombardi, who comes from New England, and everyone else who comes from New England, would you still say the same thing? That's my question. Because my feeling is, and you've been very honest and open about it, you don't like McDaniels. You don't like anyone that comes from New England. So if you take the New England factor out of it, would you change your mind on the, on the team? That's the question I ask. And let's just be honest. We can do that. Honesty is a good thing. I don't like living by lies. I love, I love honesty. Honesty is good. So you hit me up and let me know if you would change your mind if there was no New England ties whatsoever with this team. Now, let me get into the opening drive. Today on my podcast, I, I did a show talking about three questions that the Raiders need to answer. I can't answer them, you know, for, for this upcoming uh, second half of the season. Of course, it's more than the second half. But, you know, one of the questions was, will Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro be, become impact players on offense? Second one was, can anyone step up and provide a pass rush not named Max Crosby? And then the third one was, can the Raiders play consistent football offensively and defense, defensively? And that goes for the coaches, too. Can they call a, a consistent game? So those are three questions that I had for the Raiders. So I really want to know coming out of the bye week and, you know, as we get a little closer and closer to the game on Sunday against Houston, then we'll, we'll get more focus on the actual game itself. But coming out of the bye week, I want to know from you what your question for the Raiders would be. You know, if there's one question that they need to answer, and this is not a verbal answer, this is an answer on the field. Like, how are you going to get this done? How are you going to get that done? I'll tell you one of my big concerns for this game coming up on Sunday and every game after that is the health of Nate Hobbs. Okay? You know, I, I mean, that's a question right there you could ask. Is the secondary going to be healthy enough to, to provide something? Right now, they don't have very many turnovers. They only have two interceptions so far in the season. Jerron Harmon has one, and Meek Robertson has another one. With Nate Hobbs being injured, that, I'm, I'm very concerned about that. That's one of my ma major concerns because he's a difference maker on that defensive side of the ball. Max Crosby is the other difference maker. I haven't seen anyone else yet step up and be a difference maker. I've seen some good players, some talented players, 
but I haven't seen the difference makers, the guys that can go out there and make the big plays. Nate is one of those dudes, and if he's injured, how effective is he going to be? So that's a concern for me. So that's a question that I think is fair to ask. But what's a question that you would ask to this team? What's a question that you have about this team as they go into the second half of the season? Again, it's, it's an odd, odd second half with 12 games to go, but it's where it is. You can't, you can't pick your own bye week. This just happened to be where it was. So, Damon, who's back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio making everything go, and believe me, <laughs> pressing them to the max to make everything go today. But, uh, Damon, if you had one question that you'd like the Raiders team to answer. Not me, not Josh McDaniels, not Mark Davis, not Dave Ziegler, but the team, the team that's on the field, what would that question be? Well, for offense and defense, my question would be, can you get it together in the red zone? Offense, can you start scoring some more touchdowns in defense? What do you need to do to stop allowing so many touchdowns in the red zone? I know that that's not the end-all, be-all of the troubles for this team, but if there was one thing that I think would maybe, that could have led to a couple of more wins early on in this season... If you just fix the issues in the red zone. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Can you be a team that fixes their issues in the red zone? I think that that's a, a fair question right there. So uh, definitely uh, want to hear from you at 69187, keyword R&R, and also 702-365-9200. Got a text from the 408. This is a good text. You say the Broncos are a bad team. They have a lot of talent, so I'm confused. Well, I'm just going off the eye test. I'm going off the eye test. Um, I, I, everything I see from the Broncos looks like they're confused. Right? I mean, do they not look like a team that has no idea what the left – the left hand looks like and doesn't know what the right hand is doing. They look like an utter mess. And I actually gave them props a couple weeks ago, or maybe even last week, because as bad as they look, they still have found ways to win. And that's where I've gotten upset that the Raiders haven't been able to stumble into some victories, even if they're not playing at their best. I mean, I, I gave the Broncos props for that. I think we talked about that. And matter of fact, we talked about that before they even – came to Las Vegas. I said, hey, look, they're, they're finding ways to win. It's not pretty at all. <laughs> you know, they look very confused. I don't think Nathaniel Hackett's a very good head coach, but he still found a way to win two games where the Raiders only have one. I've given them plenty of props for that. I still don't think that they're very good. I think that we'll see another version of that tonight as the Chargers play them. Like I mentioned, I think I want the Broncos to win the game. I think it makes more sense as far as just the division race goes, but I don't think that they have a chance in this game. I really don't. Now that I say that, they'll probably go out and win by 50, but whatever. I mean, it is what it is. So, yes, I, I do think the Broncos are a bad team, and that's the difference. Sometimes, and that's what I'll ask Bryce Butler about. I'm glad you kind of pointed out my point. Sometimes you can look at a team and say, this team is just a really bad team. And other times you can say, you know what, this team is not playing where it should be playing. It's not winning the games it should be winning, but they're not really that bad of a team. Hell, we had Amber Thea Harrison on Friday, and she pointed it out. She, she threw it out there on her, on her radio show. She said, would you rather play the 1-4 Raiders or would you rather play whatever the Vikings record was? Uh, I think she brought up the Giants, the Giants, the Jets, uh, and a couple other teams that are, are doing it, the Broncos. Or would you rather play them? And nobody picked the Raiders the, that they wanted to play because I think everyone understands that the Raiders have talent. They're just not getting it done. But, again, I mean, we can go back and forth and argue that point all day if you want. I mean, it just kind of is what it is. So, uh, until they start winning games, there's always going to be those those ones that, you know, have a lot of negativity to say. And, and again, that's fine. Uh, let's see. I got, a, uh, I got a picture and I can't. Okay. Well, I can't. <laughs> I'm trying to describe this tweet, but I can't because it's a picture. So I can't really describe it on the radio. So I guess that's not going to work. But uh, anyway, hit, hit us up. Let me know. 
Uh, obviously, there's a lot of anger in Raider Nation today, and that's cool. 22 minutes in, is, it's getting started. <laughs> Let's stir it up already. 22 minutes in. I love it. And I guess that's what happens when your team is 1-4. 69187, keyword R&R, 702-365-9200. If you had a question that you need the Raiders to answer, what would it be? And, and it goes, it's, it's their play on the field. It's, it's what they're doing on the field. It's not necessarily something that can be answered in a press conference type of setting or any of that. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> – oh, man. Anyway. What you got over there for me tomorrow? No, Q, I was going to say, could the biggest question to ask the, the players on the field would just be, when are you guys just going to execute? I remember seeing this clip from the Buffalo Bills. It was one of their defensive players, and it was talking about, what would you guys like do to stop – you know, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. And it was just, at the end of the day, we just knew we had to execute right. as a team. And I know that the Raiders aren't the Bills. You can't just go apples to apples with each team. But when the defensive players for the Bills are saying, hey, we just knew that, if, you know, the coaches are going to put us in the right spot. We just had to execute. And you saw with the Raiders on this past Monday night, their problem with the Chiefs in the red zone, because that's my big issue with them, yeah. is that they just weren't executing. Right. And I don't, and I don't understand why they're not. Right. I mean, we've we've heard about and I've even said, OK, well, maybe they're still trying to learn each other and trying to learn this new system. But I mean, man, you're you're five weeks in You're five. You've played five games already. You're you've already had your bye week. If you're not going to know each other by now, are you going to win, win? You know, when are you going to know? P.E. hit us up and said, yo, Q, my question would be simple. How long? How long is it going to take before this offense starts to hit on all cylinders? And that's I think that's a very valid question. You know, I, I think another valid question would be. Looking at the defense, you know, when is the defense going to start to look like a, a defense that the team can rely on? You know, and, and what I mean by that is they're inconsistently good. They'll be good for two quarters. They'll be good for a quarter. They'll make Patrick Mahomes look very flustered for a while, and then all of a sudden they'll, you know, they'll break down in the red zone and let Travis Kelsey score four touchdowns, right? I mean, so when are they going to be, and I hear Vinny saying all the time, complimentary football, when are they going to start playing complimentary football as well? Uh, I, I have said it before. I like Patrick Graham. I think he's going to be a good coordinator, and I see what he does that where they have success, but they haven't had success consistently enough. You know, that's that's really been one of my biggest issues with the the team in general. Why I think that they've struggled as much is because they haven't been consistent in playing consistent good ball throughout the course of a game. So, I mean, that's a, that's another question that I would definitely have is just when's the when's the defense going to be a defense that the the Raiders' offense can start relying on. You know, do they does, does Josh McDaniels trust the defense right now? That that's a question that I just have. I, I mean, I, I don't know the answer to that. You know, because sometimes they they they'll let them down. They'll let them down when they need them the most, and then they'll step up and play really well, and then the offense won't compliment them. So it's I see issues on both sides of the ball. But anyway, hit us up with your questions. What question do you believe the Raiders need to answer? as the team is getting started this week, preparing for the Houston Texans, week seven action at Allegiant Stadium, 69187, keyword r Texas, or you could tweet at us, as many of you have, at your boy Q254, at r 920 AM, and let us know your answers. Coming up next, Bryce Butler, former Raider wide receiver. He'll give you his thoughts on if he thinks the team is a good team or if they're really bad, and he'll be honest because that's what we do. It's Raider Nation Radio, 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. And we are back. 
at the Oyo Hotel and Casino inside the Underground Lounge, our Monday night football spot. Of course, tonight the Chargers and the Broncos square off. So you can check out that game here on one of the many TVs they have. We have plenty of drink specials. We have plenty of prizes here on the table. Just come on by, say what's up, and we'll get you hooked up just like that. Join us now on the phone line. Great guy to have on the phone line today is our good friend Bryce Butler, former Raiders wide receiver. And, Bryce, thanks so much for your time this afternoon, my man. I do appreciate you. And, you know, it's, it's tough when Raider Nation sees all the talent that is on this team, and then they look at the record and say, okay, they're one and four. So what gives? You've been in the locker room. You've been in locker rooms where the team wasn't very good, and you've been in locker rooms where the team was really, really good. How as a player do you know the difference? I mean, the biggest thing is, um, first of all, what's happening, my brother. Second of <laughs> all, um, I mean, really the difference is just the the wins and the loss columns, right? Like, you can know you can have – good talent, good players, solid coaching staff, and then you're not winning games. And then you're just like, hmm, what's going on? Like, we got to figure this out. I think the biggest thing, honestly, is just the confidence that you have, right? Like, when it gets to this point of the season and you haven't won that many games, you get into the fourth quarter, you know, last couple of drives, and then what does the team believe what does the majority of the players believe when you have the ball at the end or the opposing team has the ball the other up you know what's the confidence level like so I, I would say that's the biggest difference between the good teams and the bad teams like when you're kind of questioning things like right. you don't know if it's going to go our way or oh here it goes again that's like when you're not winning games and when you're winning games it's like oh, we got the ball at the end, like, we about to go win this thing. Like, oh, like, our defense is going to get the stop. Like, there ain't no way they're going to give up the lead. You know what right. I'm saying? So, yeah. I would say that's the biggest difference. You know, and it's funny because I look at the team that's playing tonight in the Denver Broncos, and I know they have a couple wins, and I don't think that they're a very good team. Like, I, I'm, I said it earlier in the show, I don't think they're a very good team, but yet they have more wins than the Raiders, and I'm saying that the Raiders are a good team that hasn't found a way to win. Right. Or they're not winning consistently. So, you know, I, I hate to like talk out of both sides of my mouth and, and, and make it sound like that. But to me, and it's just me. And, and, and I mean, like I said, you're, you're a guy who's been there, done that. It feels like this Raiders team has a lot of talent and they have a chance to win a bunch of games. They just haven't got it done. Yeah, they haven't. Um, that's a great way to put it. And just like what I was saying before, like it can either turn back into wins. Like if you look at the next few games that we play, um, I mean, I don't really see a reason why we shouldn't win those games, right? You know, we got the Texans coming up. I think the Saints and then the Jags. Um, those are teams that, you know, we can turn the corner. You know, we can turn the season around. You know what I'm saying? If we right. go three and zero real quick. We win three in a row. You know, now we feel like the Giants. Like we feel like you know a confident team that can go out there and you know beat the best of them. Um, yes, I agree with you. I definitely don't think the Broncos are a good football team right now. But, I mean, I think they're in the same predicament as the Raiders, per se. Like, right, there's a lot of new pieces, uh, you know, new staff. And uh, it's, it's, it's interesting sometimes when everybody's trying to figure everybody out and, and, and figure out what the formula is, figure out what the new team identity is, especially when you have a new staff. 
Yeah, no doubt about that. Again, we're talking with Raider, former Raider wide receiver Bryce Butler here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And you pointed it out a few weeks ago, and we were sitting next to each other in the press box. The identity of this team is the run game, and we've seen Josh Jacobs just run, run, and run some more. And it hasn't resulted in all the wins. I mean, they got the win against Denver, but lost on Monday against Kansas City. But what have you seen from Josh Jacobs, and do you believe that that's the way that the, the Raiders uh, stay committed to the run game this season? Yeah, man, I, I believe that. I mean, the formula of football, man, it's always going to, like, the run game is always going to be pertinent in the football game's makeup. It don't matter what year, if it's 2050, 3,110, don't matter. Like, you have to run the football. And we have seen, after I would say the debacle against the Cardinals, um, coach has definitely been given uh, Josh Jacob more totes. And he's doing his thing. Now we have to figure out as a whole team, okay, yeah, we can control the clock a little bit better, but now how do we get off? How, do, how, how does the defense get off the field more? You know, how do we stop uh, a team with momentum like with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey um, clicking on all cylinders? How do we stop them just enough to where, you know, we can get the W? Like, you know, we spotted, you know, we were up like two or three touchdowns or like, you know, two and a half possessions. How do we keep that lead? Um, in order for us to win that game and not and not go into a point where we're playing like conservative. Like, we're still attacking aggressively on offense. Um, and I just think that's it, man. Like, if they can just continue to um, find that swagger on offense, I, 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 don't, I don't feel like Derek has, like, fully got into his rhythm all year yet. Um and I believe if he can get into it with Josh Jacobs, like really getting after it, uh, the Raiders are going to cause some problems. Talking right now with Bryce Butler here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. My man demond has got one for you. When it comes to executing in the red zone for the Raiders on offense, do you think that there's anything different that the receivers or the entire offensive crew that they need to do differently? Or is that just a matter of execution and just trusting in the coach's play calling? Oh, yeah, the red zone can get tricky. Um, you know, some teams you see um, they throw the ball a lot in the red zone, right? Or they run the ball a lot in the red zone. They just ground the pound and they get it close. Or you'll see some teams, you could say, like the Cardinals or like the Aaron Rodgers Packers where there's a lot of touchdowns that are happening from broken down plays, you know, quarterback uh, extending the play, finding an open man or running it in himself. Um, and it doesn't feel like to me – uh, we know what we're trying to do in the red zone. Um, you know, we throw in a lot of quick balls to Devontae earlier in the season. Um, I don't I don't think Josh Jacobs has a whole bunch of, like, red zone scoring touchdowns. Uh, y'all can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but I feel like a lot of that just has to do with confidence and, it can, and a lot of it has to do with play calling. Like, are we putting our team in the best situation to make a play? Do we have a guy, obviously we have Devontae Adams, but if you look at some of the balls that's been thrown out there for like fades and stuff like that, we haven't really been connecting on those. Something that Devontae Adams in his career in the NFL to this point has been very dominant on. So to me, like some of that has to do with just like getting everything back in order. You know, Derek and Devontae just finding it, figuring it out. Um, Hunter really hasn't been out there that much. Uh, Waller, you know, he's kind of been in and out with, you know, injury here and there, and we haven't really been feeding him in the red zone. That's another piece of it, right? So it's just like finding that correct balance, in my opinion, 
um, to get the playmakers the ball. And we have a variety of playmakers. So how can we get each guy certain packages to where when we play certain teams, especially uh, interdivision teams, they don't know who they expect to, who's going to get the ball. Bryce, you mentioned Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, and, and as you mentioned, injuries played a, a role. But are you a little surprised that they haven't gotten off to a better start uh, than, than, than they have so far this year? Yeah, I mean, I, I would have never thought um, if you would have talked to me, you know, in August and said the Raiders are going to be 1-5 and five or 1-4 to start this season, I would have laughed at you, right? right? I would have been like, there's no way – you know, with uh, the caliber of the defensive players that we have, like being able to get after the quarterback, um, you know, Derek and Devontae, they're back at it. They've been waiting to get back at it. You know, Hunter Renfro, Darren Robbins, Josh Jacobs, I would have never imagined it, right? Um, but we just have to figure it out. Um, I don't think the season's a lost cause. Obviously, there's a lot of things going on last season, and the team, you know, they got together and got it rolling. I think the biggest thing is, uh, Q, is the fact that I don't know if we have locked in on what our identity is as a team. Okay. Um, and that has to do with having a new coaching staff um, coming in with a, a different offense. Um, you know, that New England, I like. I always say that Tom Brady, New England offense, um, this is a different team. You know, we have a little bit more uh, playmakers on the outside. Obviously, Hunter Renfro is like a Julian Edelman or Danny Amendola. But, you know, the Patriots never really had a guy like Devontae Adams on their roster, never really had a guy like Darren Waller on their roster, um, never really stuck with one guy in the backfield, really, for the majority of the game, like Josh Jacobs. So I just think that um, the team is trying to figure out what that identity is, coach is trying to figure out what it is, um, and just be able to execute it. Um, and hopefully they can turn it around. If not, Obviously, now they're going to be talking about who we're going to get in the draft, and I hate those conversations as a player and as a fan of a team because yeah. you never want to like feel like you're wasting a, a, a season. No, no, you don't, and and that does stink, man. And it's last year was so good not having to talk about the draft until you know after the season was over, and so you don't want to have to talk right. about that uh, early. I don't know if you saw this news, Bryce, but it just broke that uh, the Raiders placed Nate Hobbs on reserve injured list, uh, so he has that broken hand, so he's going to go on IR. That's that's a big loss for the Raiders defense. Oh no! How long uh, did they say anything about like if he has a possibility to come back? It hasn't. It, it didn't say it on, on this release. I think it is the uh, the one that you can come back after four weeks, but it's still four weeks, right? So, man, that's right. and, he, and he was and he was making plays. He looked like a bright spot on the uh, on the outside. Yeah, that that news just came down. I mean, we literally while we were talking, uh, that that came down from the Raiders. So that's unfortunate. That's going to make everything tougher not having that guy on defense. And let me ask you this, because I thought that health was one of the big <laughs> the big uh, things coming out of the bye. As a player, what was it coming out of the bye for you? Like, what was most important for you when you knew, okay, this is what is going. This is our bye week. This is what I have to get done, and then come out of it so I feel good heading into the second half of the season. So, Q, you're asking me, like, what do I do with my body to get ready for the second half of the season? Well, yeah, yeah, for, like, the bye week. You know, like, what was important for you to get done during the bye week? Okay, so for me, typically, like, I was just, like, trying to work on, like, whatever, um, you know, I felt like I or deemed was, like, my weaknesses for the season. Like, am I struggling on, like, a certain route? Um, is there, like, a, a ball that me and the quarterback aren't connecting on? Like, what what can we work on in this, like, kind of, like, bonus week of practice? So where you know, we can have more confidence 
at um, going into the following week. And I, and I know that most players are feeling the same way. I know the coaches, you know, are trying to mend up some some issues as well. And then obviously, if you're coming off an injury or you're dealing with a nagging injury, like you know, the most important thing is like hopefully this extra six seven days has me feeling better. You know, when we get back into like our our base week of practice the following week. So I don't have to deal with this like nagging ankle or this hamstring that's bothering me, right? So um, I think a lot of people go into the bye week with a lot of different things on their mind. Some dudes, some dudes are literally just like, I need rest. Like you know, my body hurts. Like I need right. rest. I need rest. And some dudes are probably just like, man, um, you know, I'm trying to get on the field more, or you know, like I said earlier, like I'm trying to tighten some stuff up. Um, I think a lot of different people have different things, but for me. Uh, towards the end of my career, it was like making sure like my body felt good. There was no nagging injuries. Um, going to see the PTs as much as I could because practices weren't as long. Um, seeing some people off, you know, off site to try to make sure I'm good by the time I come back. So, you know, I can kind of be in a clear head going into the rest of the season, especially when you get a bye this early. Right. Yeah. That was that was going to be my other question about the bye. What did you think about having a bye after week five? That stinks. Uh, especially knowing, I mean, that would have stunk with only 16 games. Now you got an extra game. So, um, you know, I, that, you know, when I found out they had a bye week after the Chiefs game, I was like, dang, that early? Like, we're going to need that later. Right. Um, but it is what it is, right? I think it's like a random draw when it comes to that stuff. So, um, you know, you just have to take it for what it is and, and just be ready for a long stretch, stretch on the back end. You mentioned about players that during the bye week, maybe they got to focus on what they need to do better to get into the game. So with a bye week this early, do you think that with such a small sample size that there are some guys that, hey, maybe their opportunity to get some more playing time, it would be better with a later bye as opposed to an earlier one? Uh, I mean, when it comes to that type of stuff, it really, like that's, that's stuff that a player really can't control. Like That's all going to be on what the coaching staff thinks, right? Um, obviously this is not the case, but like, you know, sometimes you have like a new quarterback, like that you drafted high and, you know, after the bye week, the coaches are like, I don't care where we're at in the season. Like we're going to play him. You know what I'm saying? Or if we're not at this point right now, we're going to play him. Right. So some of those things, you know, players can't really control. Um, you know, obviously the guys who call the shots of who gets more playing time, who doesn't. They are in control of that. The only thing that you can do as a player is just try to keep getting better day by day. And if there's something, like I said, like that you're trying to work on that may be holding you back from being on the field more, um, you know, you, hopefully you can tighten that up. Or, you know, like you got Hobbs out. Um, now you're like, okay, like I'm about to get the shot that I've been waiting on. Like, like, let's go. Like, I have like another week to kind of get my mind right into, you know, knowing that I'm going to step into the starting role. And let's get it going. It's going to be interesting. It really is, Bryce. I mean, Nate Hobbs is a big-time difference maker on the defensive side of the ball, and not having him for at least four weeks is going to be an issue for the Raiders. But that's why you play the games, and that's why you have the guys on the roster, and you have the you know the practice squad and all that. So they got they got their work cut out for them. Uh, final question for you: Are You going to be out here in uh, in Vegas for this game against Houston on Sunday? No, I'm not going to be there. I'm going to be out there the next time. I'm going to be out there for the game, like media. It's going to be on the 20th um, against the Broncos. I know that's an away game, but I'm going to be there. Oh, okay. Um, and then I'm coming to the Niner game. Oh. Like, I'm 
that's going to be sweet. So, like, <laughs> I kind of chose, like, you know, which games I wanted to hit up. And um, when I saw that the Niners on the schedule, especially, like, on New Year's weekend, I was like, let's get it. Right? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, let's get it. I'm yeah. not that Yeah, <laughs> man. We'll need, you. we'll need you here to have some fun with us, too. So, uh, yeah, definitely let us know when you're coming to town, my man, and uh, we'll definitely link up. But uh, we appreciate you as always. Great stuff, man. Uh, be safe in what you do, and we'll talk soon. All right, man. I'll talk to y'all soon. Y'all be good. All right, you too, brother. There he goes. Bryce Butler, former Raider wide receiver, uh, with us here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Speaking of unnecessary roughness, Nate Hobbs on IR, something I just talked about before we had uh, before we got Bryce Butler on. One of my big concerns was Nate Hobbs and his injury. We'll talk about it next. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Bill Romanowski, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. Boom. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Just found out as we were here at the Oyo, the Underground Lounge is the exact spot. We're here for Monday Night Football. Just found out as we were talking to former Raider wide receiver Bryce Butler that Nate Hobbs is going on IR. Got the broken bone in his hand or broken bones in his hand, whatever the case may be, Monday night. He wrapped it up and went out there and continued to play. And I remember Tuesday talking about that could be significant and is he going to be able to continue to play like that? Well, the answer is no. Uh, we got the email over from the Raiders. The Raiders have placed cornerback Nate Hobbs on IR, signing quarterback Tavon Campbell to the practice squad. Additionally, the Raiders have signed uh, yeah, Tavon Campbell, and then they released cornerback Bryce Cosby. So uh, there you go. Those are the moves that they made today. But obviously the big deal is no Nate Hobbs. And so um, I, I just I think that that's a, a big deal. I did get a tweet from Mike. Mike Lowry said, not really, as far as it being a big deal. With the weak part of the schedule coming up, we're fine. Webb needs burn, and this is a good stretch for him to get it. I don't know about that, Mike. I understand your theory behind that, but the Raiders haven't been able to win with Nate Hobbs outside of the one game, let alone without him. I just think right now they, there's no time when it's like, oh, the, the team will be fine without a certain dude, without a big-time difference maker, and that's who Nate Hobbs is. I, I, I like Sam Webb, excited for what he could possibly bring to the table. Yes, getting him some burn is good, but I don't know if right now when you need wins the most, is the, is the best time. I think that that loss of Nate Hobbs is, is very significant. Raider Nation, I'd love to hear from you on that, what you think. 702-365-9200. Also, 69187, keyword R&R. That is the text line. Got a t- uh, tweet from Salvador. He said, the defense is blank before. Imagine now. Great, this blows. I had to censor that on the way out because I couldn't get myself caught up. Let's go out to Fargo Raider. What's on your mind, brother? Welcome to the show. Hey, Ken Devon, thank you for taking my call. I know you guys are chilling. Hope you're doing well. Yes, sir. Um, so, first of all, I, I want to reply to the texture that said, you know, the easy part coming up. Look, historically, the Raiders have played up to their competition, and lately we've been losing. And last and that means that we've played down teams that we're supposed to be beating and played up to teams that we supposedly have no chance playing. That scares me, especially now without a guy who's being very impactful so far this season in a Nate Hobbs. I don't take anybody lightly anymore, especially when we consider that we keep hearing that we're a good team, but we're one and four. We have a great roster. We're not a good team yet until we see that product on the field, first and foremost. You know, that's something important for us to start expecting and being realists about. Now, my question here is uh, what's more likely, 
The three Pro Bowl caliber players are all having issues individually, and it's affecting their play. Okay? Or that three Pro Bowl caliber players are being stifled in a very complicated offense that they're just learning. This is year one. All right? Devontae can produce more than we've seen him. Everybody wants more from Devontae. But we've seen clearly that sometimes, you know, he runs a certain route and cars expecting him somewhere else. The ball goes somewhere else. And we've seen the same thing with, with, with Waller the few times where he's been in. Granted, he's been injured, but we've seen that, that the timing being off, okay? And the same with Renfro. At first, you know, like up to earlier when we were t- I was talking to the guys on the group chat, I hadn't realized that 211 has been saying this. Maybe it's just a little bit too complicated to start off with, and these guys are being confused. That last play is a perfect example of that. And another one that we were talking about was Matt Collins. How come Matt Collins can produce? Well, Matt Collins wasn't expected to be a guy that was going to contribute a whole lot. We already had our big three. You know, he's supposed to be somebody to supplement the back, same with the T-Billy. So I imagine his route tree isn't overly complicated, and neither are the routes in within them on, on the place like they would be for Devontae, for Waller, and for Renfro. And that's why Carr's easily, easily going to read where he's at. That's why that timing has been able to be there. Because there's not four routes he could run depending on what he sees on the field. It's just the one. So, you know, is that what's happening? Is that why we're seeing the frustration building in the face of, of Waller and obviously in Adams? Is it just too much that they're trying to fit in right now when they should just be focused on the task at hand, which is winning the games that we can? And, you know, starts building the offense after everybody's comfortable. You know, it reminds me of watching Paul Gunther's defense where guys would be looking around like, what happened? You know, frustrated. And it's starting to frustrate me. Thank you guys for taking my call. You have a great day. All right, you too, man. Definitely appreciate you. Um, yeah, good good stuff. I don't – I understand completely what you're, what you're saying, and you could be absolutely right. No doubt about it. You could be absolutely right. It's just, for me, I don't understand why – and I know systems are complicated. I don't understand – why, if it is so complicated and they're not picking it up, why it's not made more simplistic, if that makes sense, right? I mean, that's, that's one of the biggest things. Like, if it's, not, if it's something that's so hard to pick up, then you have to spoon-feed everybody. But you've got to be able to master something because at the same time, while everyone's trying to learn something, the goal is not to just sit there and lose everything until you learn. You've got to find ways to win. And, again, I go back to Denver. As bad as I think they are, they did find a way to win a couple games. I think their coach is completely in over his head. But he, to his credit, has a couple wins under his belt. I go to Brian Dayball and what he's doing in, in New York with the Giants. This is not, that's not even a talented team. You know, I mean, look at it. Look at the talent on the Raiders, and then we'll take a break. So look at the talent on the Raiders. Quarterback. If you look at Derek Carr or Daniel Jones, I say Derek Carr advantage. Right? Derek Carr is a better quarterback than Daniel Jones. I don't think there's anyone that's going to uh, disagree with that, even Daniel Jones. Wide receivers. There's no doubt that Devontae Adams is better than any wide receiver that, that the Giants even have. Any of them. I don't care who you name, there's not one wide receiver that the Giants have that is better than Devontae Adams or even close to his caliber. Tight end, Raiders are better there. Also, they have Hunter Renfro. Running game, Saquon Barkley went healthy is fantastic. When Josh Jacobs is healthy, he's fantastic. So let's just call it a push. Or if you want to go ahead and, you know, just for the sake of argument, give that to New York. Okay, cool. The defense, a bunch of Jags, just another guys, right? I mean, they have some talent. They have some, obviously some young guys. 
Thibodeau is a, is a very talented dude. I mean, there's, there's some guys that are talented on the defense. Well, the Raiders have some guys that are talented on the, on the defense. Max Crosby is, is one of the best in the league. Chandler Jones forever has been one of the best in the league, hasn't lived up to it. Denzel Perriman is a pro, pro bowler. I think Trayvon Merrick has, has you know, a lot of, help, uh, a lot of uh, uh, upside. He hasn't shown it yet, but he has it. Deron Harmon's been there, done that, you know. So I think that they're, if you want to look at the defense, fine. They're, they're very even. But yet they're finding ways to win in New York. And I'm sure that they don't know all of Brian Dayball's system. I'm sure that they haven't unleashed everything he's got. But for some reason, he's got them winning and believing that they can win. Going back to what Bryce Butler said about confidence, he's got them believing. And that's what the job of Josh McDaniels has got to be, is to get this team to be confident enough to win even while they're still learning. You can be learning all you want. Hell, I'm still learning every single day what I do. I'm still learning how to be better each and every day. But if I was taking L's every day until I finally learned how to do it, I wouldn't have a job. Right? You can't take an L every day. You've got to find ways to win even when you don't know everything. It's just that simple. 2.58 of time. We're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We'll continue to take your calls and your texts when we come back. 69187, keyword R&R, and also 702-365-9200. A question that you believe the Raiders need to answer on the field, and what are your thoughts on the impact of the loss of Nate Hobbs for at least four weeks? This is Red Nation Radio 920.